0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1893, an excerpt from the book, The Illusion of Control, or How Epictetus Would Choose a Broccoli Portfolio, by Patrick Geddes. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Today, I'm doing something a little different. I actually have a book excerpt for you. So with that, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. An excerpt from the book The Illusion of Control, or How Epictetus Would Choose a Broccoli Portfolio by Patrick Geddes. The human struggle with how much of our destiny we actually control has a long and illustrious history across many centuries of philosophy and religion. Buddhism has counseled us for well over 2,000 years that we should focus on the things we can control, like our minds rather than the things that we can't control, like the stock market, although the Buddha never stated it quite that way. The ancient Greek and Roman philosophers known as the Stoics pointed out the same thing. The Stoic philosopher Epictetus advised that our happiness depends on worrying about only the things we can control and not worrying about the rest. The well-known serenity prayer from the 20th century also captures this concept well as it asks the divine to grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. While these might sound like odd sources of investment advice, they provide excellent grounding for being real about what's feasible. As humans, we tend to feel happier when we can control our environment. In studies of work environments, employee satisfaction often correlates with the amount of control employees have over their work. As children, we long for the day when we can do whatever we want. In a way, though, the reality of investing wraps a wet blanket around our longing to control our destiny because the research overwhelmingly shows that neither investors nor their wealth managers show a consistent ability to beat the stock market or accurately predict whether it will go up or down over the short term. As an investor, you can learn to acknowledge the uncomfortable reality that you can't control outcomes as much as you'd like. The trickier belief to overcome, however, is that by letting go of what you can't control, you're surrendering to fate instead of figuring out how to succeed in beating the market. Assumptions about what can and can't be controlled form the core of the debate around passive versus active investment, or indexing versus active management. Many investors believe that, just like in many parts of life, actively striving for the greener grass on the other side of the hill will lead to great achievements, breakthroughs, and victories. When it comes to investing, however, it's critical to avoid presuming you control more than you do. But much of the investment industry happily encourages that illusion since it makes the industry more money. As the serenity prayer suggests, when picking your battles, you need the wisdom to tell the difference between what you can control and what you can't. One of the human biases identified by researchers in behavioral finance has appropriately been labeled the illusion of control. Those studies have shown that as investors, we tend to behave as though we wield control over what ends up being a random process. Similarly, these researchers have identified a relaxed bias known as overconfidence, proving that we all tend to overestimate our skill at investing. Put together, these two tendencies mean that we harm our financial future by pretending we can control and predict the future better than we can. For those of us in the male portion of the human population, the research about how skilled we are at investing becomes even more upsetting. A number of researchers, including the authors of one cleverly titled academic article, Boys Will Be Boys, have found that women tend to achieve slightly better investment outcomes on average. The reason for this? Men tend to have more unfounded confidence in their abilities. I imagine this won't be shocking news to women anywhere. While the previously mentioned studies reflect that both genders, on average, lack skills at picking stocks or timing the market, women have the advantage of being more honest with themselves about not knowing what's going to happen, whereas men tend to display confidence that doesn't turn out to be justified. Those results mirror research from outside the realm of investing, and suggest that testosterone levels correlate with poorer decision-making due to overconfidence. In fact, one study found that women who were given testosterone showed worse decision-making when it depended on accurately predicting the future. In another study, male options traders who were given testosterone overbid when buying, and thus suffered worse financial performance. Those with extra testosterone were also more likely to attribute positive outcomes to skill rather than luck. So why should you, as an investor, care about the illusion of control or overconfidence? The answer lies in a story I heard at an investment conference. A behavioral finance professor who originally trained in psychology shared that when people find out he studies how investors behave, they often ask, Can you teach me how to make money in the stock market by capitalizing on other people's biases? They then become crestfallen when he replies that the real value in behavioral finance lies in looking in the mirror and learning how to avoid your own worst tendencies. This concept has been understood for a long time. For example, by Benjamin Graham, a well-known investor from the mid-20th century who helped to popularize the stock research behind active management. In his words, quote, the investor's chief problem and even his worst enemy is likely to be himself, End quote. Conventional wisdom holds that successful investing depends on careful research of financial assets and how markets behave. While investors do need knowledge of, say, the basic differences between stocks and bonds, they have a lot more control, at least theoretically, over their own emotions. Self-control improves investment performance not in a gratifying way where we impress our friends with our investment prowess, but in the real payoff that comes from improved returns. The more we avoid making behavioral mistakes based on fear or greed, the larger our investment portfolio becomes. This may sound easy in normal times, but it requires great discipline when it looks as though all of capitalism may implode and our amygdala goes haywire, reflecting the millions of years of evolution behind it. You may think that I, with all my experience in quantitative risk modeling and studying investor behavior, have achieved some sort of investment nirvana in which even during market collapses, I calmly watch the world falling apart like a Zen master. On the contrary. During nasty bear markets, I too feel awful and wonder if the economy and stock market will ever recover. The trick lies not in feeling good during a bad period, but rather in making sure you don't panic and sell out. In 2009, during the worst of the crash, a client asked me how I managed to not sell out. I responded somewhat sheepishly, that while I'd prefer to think that all my experience with risk had given me the discipline to ride things out, the fact was that selling out would mean I was a complete hypocrite. After years of offering clients advice on how to persevere during a downturn, I had to take my own advice. In that way, my self-image helped save me from selling out myself and by consequence, selling myself out. The second way that self-control leads to a bigger portfolio comes from the greed part of our thinking around money, specifically by avoiding the allure of market-beating performance that sounds sexy, but proves hard to achieve. Just like sticking it out in down markets, avoiding the false promise of consistently beating the market requires serious discipline. You just listened to the excerpt of the book titled The Illusion of Control, or How Epictetus Would Choose a Broccoli Portfolio, by Patrick Geddes. For a lot of people, it can be stressful and confusing to manage their finances. Even I used to feel this way when using different finance apps. But then I tried Monarch Money, and everything got so much easier. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. Thank you to Patrick. The investment industry wants you to believe in stock market wizards who can predict the future and make a killing for you. But there's a simpler way to invest using indexing that offers better returns and less stress. No crystal ball needed. This is the truth the investment industry doesn't want you to know. A low-cost, passive portfolio not only earns you higher returns on average than active investing, the kind that makes them the most money, but it's also shockingly simple to build and manage. With transparent investing, you'll learn how the game works and how to achieve your investment goals with far less study, time, and anxiety than you might think. You can find out more at patrickgeddes.co. And big thanks again to Patrick for letting us share his work. I think this article demonstrates why mindset is so important. The decision to focus on things you can control is really a mindset decision that can help inform action that's going to have meaningful impact. While I can't control the volatility of the stock market, I can control how much I invest and how consistently I do so. That being said, active management and trying to beat the market isn't really the best use of my time. I find it to be more efficient to focus my time and effort on increasing the gap between my income and expenses so that I have more to invest. When it comes to the actual investing part, I keep it really simple. I prioritize my tax advantage retirement accounts, invest the money in low-fee total market index funds, and have a 100% stock allocation so I don't have to worry about rebalancing. I also barely look at my investments. Frankly, I'm only aware of a stock market correction when I see other people freaking out about it. The best book I've ever read about investing that really demystified all of this for me and helped me feel confident in my investment strategy is called The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. If you haven't read it yet, I highly recommend you do so. That'll do it for today and another installment of Optimal Finance Daily Thank you for being here every day and listening, and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.